Tennessee just sounds perfect. Whether that's live music, the crack of a campfire, or kids laughing on an adventure. To start planning your trip, visit tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Don't call it a comeback, friends and neighbors, or actually go ahead and please do so because this is part two of our continuing series on weird George Washington facts. Welcome to the show. My name is Ben. My name is Noel. We are joined with our super producer, Casey Pegram. And our returning uh, special guest, it's an immense privilege to have you on the show anytime, Christopher Hasiotis. What a delight to be here. Thank you. And Ben, you've got your groove back, my friend. You're glowing. You're absolutely glowing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's uh, all the hemp. Very versatile crop. Very versatile crop, yes. Is that shirt you're wearing uh, woven from hemp? Yes. Yes, it is. And as are my shoes uh, and my coat. Undergarments? Is that what you're going to say? Undergarments. Yeah, yeah. Traded in the mithril? Mm-hmm, I did. I finally upgraded from mithril to hemp. So this is, as we mentioned, part two of a two-part series. If you have not checked out part one of our George Washington facts, it's it's okay. Don't stress out. Yeah, just hit pause, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and shake your fists at the podcast gods that List the uh, the shows in reverse chronological order and uh, just scroll back and listen to the show from two days ago. Yeah, that's such a bummer when they list them in that reverse order, you know? I believe that uh, the iHeartRadio app, you can swap things around and point them in the other direction and start from start from earlier and go towards later. That's crazy talk. Who would ever do that? What a time to be alive. The industry is a morphing thing. So we set up the basic gist of George Washington's life in our earlier episode. And now, what do you say, gentlemen? Should we dive straight into the the weird stuff? Yeah, there's a whole bunch of strangeness to get into. I say let's dive down that Washington hole. <laughs> was it the the muddy hole? The muddy hole. The muddy hole. The muddy hole. Washington's muddy. Let's dive down Washington's muddy hole. That sounds like the worst ride at the uh, presidential theme park of my dreams. Oh yeah, that's really the one where there's never a line. Yeah, Lincoln's spooky log cabin. Um, mm-hmm. I I think um, man, if I had a lot of extra time, we could just come up with theme rides and a for for every single president that's out there. Weird glitching robot. 
Yeah. Abe Lincoln's spewing sparks the, uh, the, like, in the, the, the Ford Theater. The the Taft bathtub you've got to escape. Taft tub. Taft tub. That's full of old beans. That's uh, full of old beans. Aren't they all? Yeah, and then we get we get weird because we would have the most fun, I think, with more obscure presidents like Pierce. Do you think he's the most obscure? Uh, he, I, you know, that's a matter of personal opinion, isn't it? That's why I'm asking you. Maybe personally. <laughs> oh, you're asking me personally. We're we're here, just you and me, and uh, well, I guess Nolan Casey and millions and millions of listeners. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, who is the most obscure president? I I have great fascination with those lists that come out every so often of ranking presidents from best to worst. Mm, mm. And they usually don't do every single president. They usually do maybe the top five best ones and the bottom five worst ones. And uh, I got to say, the bottom five are usually the same couple of dudes. Yeah, you've got the obscure ones. You've got your Pierce, your Millard Fillmore, Mm -hmm. um, you know, William McKinley, who was very popular at the time, but Mm -hmm. just kind of was forgotten, even though he was Killed and was involved in a lot of different things. So one who's constantly at the bottom of the list is Andrew Johnson. He's the one who kind of, after Lincoln's assassination, he took over, Mm -hmm. but he didn't manage the situation well. He let the country fester. Uh, Things were not handled well. Reconstruction was not handled in a way that maybe looked towards future generations. Mm -hmm. But I think a lot of Americans would be hard-pressed to name Andrew Johnson. And I got to tell you, I think it's because his name's a little generic. It is. It is. It's a real... uh... It's real John Doe. Yeah, it's, it's just not as memorable if he had some sort of villainous name or if he had some sort of name. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I mean, may, maybe it's better that his name is a little more kind of milk toast and banal mm-hmm. because, honestly, that's how some of the things that fall apart in politics do. So it's just sort of through no specific malice, through no ill will, it just sort of the banality of things kind of – Things fall apart. All right, so we're talking about bad presidents. Where's yeah. our boy G Dub falling? That's the true. List? This is an episode about George Washington. Oh, I do want to point out. Did you know that Andrew Johnson never went to school? Is it sort of like I never learned to read, <laughs> and I somehow managed to become president? Turns out I was bad at it. I think the closest he got to a formal education was when his uh, wife taught him the basics, uh, like basic mathematics and writing. And so, so he is one of the worst regarded presidents. So maybe uh, um, we can draw some conclusions that uh, an intellectual curiosity and education, these are things that are important for a president, that the desire to learn, the admission that maybe other people have more information than you and that you should rely on them for mm-hmm. information. Like mm-hmm. that, that's a thing a president should espouse to uh, aspire to. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that's solid, and I don't think that's a controversial point at all. We know that George Washington had no problem learning from other people, and he he took advice pretty well. Segway. <laughs> <laughs> well done, expertly played, my friend. I know that means you have to go first, especially the part where you say. Segway. Yeah, and just so you guys know, Ben's doing this really sweet move where he's drawing his forefinger and thumb together from them touching each other to apart in the same cadence as he's saying Segway. And it's a slow mm-hmm. parting of the Red Sea. We actually made this a two-part episode because we we wanted to spend some time really focusing on that hand gesture. <laughs> and we're really trying to up our vamp game. And whenever Christopher Hasiotis joins us in the tank here, it's just magic. Sparks fly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, uh, well, I, that's true. Sparks did fly earlier, Noel. You were electrocuted slightly by your headphones. That's true. They flew I, right into my Are you hole. saying that's my fault? 
Um, it, you are, you all, you do have a bit of an You're electric not, personality. Not saying I'm not, fault. not saying that. Okay. Is this, is this part of a, are, are you still uh, a little weirded out by the mic situation? Is this part of a revenge scheme? No, I, what happens is I'm wearing wool socks and before you guys came in here, I was just running back just and forth on the rug. Up. Yeah. Classic. Yeah. We just call that a Hasiotis at the office. You got zapped. <laughs> so I, I will go first. This is a little bit stranger. This is not a social activity of George Washington, uh, nor is it a political activity. This is a medical fact about the guy. He was one of the sickliest presidents in U.S. history. Over the span of his life, he suffered from diphtheria, tuberculosis, smallpox, dysentery, malaria, quincy, which was tonsillitis, carbuncle, pneumonia, and epiglottitis. In fact, he was so afflicted that people started speculating this may have played a role in his infertility because Washington did not have issue, as they would say in the world of aristocracy. And it's well known that he had no children of his own. In 2007, a man named John K. Amory at the University of Washington School of Medicine proposed that it wasn't for lack of trying. Instead, he said, Washington may quite possibly have been infertile. And Armory lists a number of possible reasons for this infertility, including an infection caused by tuberculosis. We have a quote here wherein he says, classic studies of soldiers with tuberculosis pleurisy during World War II demonstrated that two-thirds developed chronic organ tuberculosis within five years of their initial infection. Infection of the epididymis or testes is seen in 20% of these individuals and frequently results in infertility. Dude, I just made a horrible mistake. I googled images of carbuncles. <laughs> Not good. I'm guessing you are not seeing the uh, the image of the the cute little monster from the Final Fantasy video games. Was that his name? There there was one called a Carbuncle. Really? I think. Interesting. Please, no. please, ridiculous no. historians, correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> These are disgusting pus-filled boils uh, that cover one's body when afflicted with them. It's not a carbohydrate-loving uncle. Nope. No. Oh. This is something we will not be posting photos of on ridiculous historians. Well, 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 well let's not be too hasty. Uh, I'm gonna. Can, I, I'm not even a regular host here, but can I put this to a vote? Do I get a full vote? Do I, I'm gonna take. I'm taking a triple vote, and I'm voting no photos of carbuncles on ridiculous historians. Three against two. I, I support that. I support four yeah. against two. Yeah. I see to Unanimous. the gentleman to my left. I you know, but I'm just saying if you you know if you want to gross yourself out, just Google carbuncle. If images. you want to have a really disturbing, the more you know moment with the star flying over your head as you throw up a little bit in your mouth. Carbuncle. Do you think the fact that George Washington didn't have children kind of cemented his legacy? You know, that he didn't have kids who could kind of tarnish the, the Washington name. He was name. the one. Yeah, he was, he was alone. He set things in motion and he stepped back and that was it. Quite possibly. I mean, that's, that's a very good point, I would say. And it's so rare for people to do that at that level because, I mean, they have all these idiot sons that go and screw it all up for him. You're not talking about Ben Stiller, are you? I, I, I'm talking about the, one of the things that I know you hate is uh, nepotism. You're talking right. about the, the, the Adamses? The Adamses. Because they're those guys too. The Bushes. The Bushes, the Roosevelts. Look, I, I, Well, those guys are like distant cousins. You can't really – I mean they came from a big, big family. I know, but name recognition is is still key. Now, I, I will – I totally see your point there, Christopher. Just like uh, uh, Justice Kennedy is not related to the former President Kennedy. True. Right? So there shouldn't be any law 
barring them from occupying positions of power. You know what I mean? I'm just saying that it's very strange to explain to someone from another country or another culture that uh, this is purportedly a meritocracy and then say in the same breath that uh, despite being a meritocracy, through some amazing coincidence, the most qualified people for a job happen to be related to each other pretty often. But that just further underlines the point that you make with Washington. Perhaps he was a safe figure to uh, mythologize. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Noel, do you remember your favorite car? Well, yeah, um, it was a uh, an Eddie Bauer edition Ford Explorer. Oh, that's and cool. I, yeah, I, I just remember it was my dad's. I, I was a hand me down car kind of kid. Dad would buy a new car, I'd get that car, and I just remember feeling so awesome being up above everybody, like I was mm. in Mad Max or something. You know, I had a lot of uh, land yachts that I loved. I had Pontiac yeah. Bonneville. Right. Oh, I never had an El Camino. My dad had one. And that was a, that was a real interesting use of our collective time, keeping that thing running. But I think these cars all kind of speak to us because they were such a fundamental part of our lives. Do you remember when I had that Monte Carlo? That's what I meant. I, meant, I said El Camino <laughs> and I met Monte Carlo. I miss it. So uh, the Monte Carlo was tough. I had a series of Monte Carlos and the last one, God bless it. I just, I, I had to learn a lot about car maintenance just to keep that guy running. Totally. It, it still was like a, a perfect fit. It's almost like finding your true love. Uh, you know, like when you recently got a car a few years back now, Oh, man. And funny you should say that. That particular perfect fit was the Honda Fit, which I love dearly. But, Ben, it's getting a little long in the tooth. And while it's been incredibly reliable up to now, it's getting to that age where I might have to start looking for some parts here and there to keep it running. Mm -hmm. And that's where eBay Motors comes in. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Snag a job is where America goes to hire. With the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers... Snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? 
Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. While he did not have children, one thing that he did have was a non-consensual workforce. That's true. Uh, One of the things I wanted to talk about was Washington's slaveholding. It's not really a a happy topic because we're talking about enslaved people, but it's a fact of life at the time, especially for landowners. um, And and Washington had control over hundreds of slaves, more than 300 people. Uh, Washington gets a lot of credit for, quote unquote, freeing his slaves in his will. You know, that's one thing that people who defend the, the practice of enslaving others when it comes to Washington, who is rightly revered as the fa- as one of the fathers of our country and who put a lot of great systems in motion. But that doesn't change the fact that he ran this giant plantation and a plantation of that size in what's sort of the South at the time was run essentially on the, on the free labor of enslaved Africans. And uh, at the time of his death, Washington owned more than 300 slaves. He – inherited his first slave at 11 when his father passed away. So you had this young man, George Washington, who was born into a life of maintaining control over other human beings. When he passed in 1799, he had 123 slaves who were legally his. And then there were 193 that he also controlled that were known as dower slaves. And what that means is they were technically legally owned by his wife, Martha. Now, Martha married George when she was 25. She was a widow at the time, and she had taken on slaves both from her own family and from her ex-husband who passed away. So it's it's really, really interesting. And it can be kind of fascinating to look at the the legal structure of slavery until you remember that we're talking about actual human beings. But the way that slavery and the legality of who owns what was structured in the 1700s is it's just – To me, it's so odd that you can be talking about a human being in this way. So the 123 slaves that that Washington himself had, they were matched with 193, which were legally Martha's, but as a married couple, were legally controlled by George. And there's all this strange legalese that when George or Martha dies, certain segments of the Washingtonian slaves are passed to a grandchild or a cousin, and it all depends on this sort of weird patriarchal but then also matrilineal lineage of ownership of another person. But but there is one enslaved person that I want to talk about, and that's Oni Judge. Now, Oni Judge is one of the most well-known enslaved people involved in, in Washington, and that's because she escaped. She was able to tell her story to abolitionist newspapers at the time and got her account out there. Now, what makes this such a strange bit of history is that Oni Judge – was a slave that Washington pursued until the end of his life. She got away, and if you listen to the episode from last week, Noel talked about how Washington's thoughts on slavery were somewhat liberal and they evolved over time, and and that's true. He did grow to oppose the idea of slavery, the idea of holding other people in bondage, but he never freed his own slaves. He still kept them enslaved. Mm -hmm. He used their free labor, and he built his fortune and his empire, whether it was a large fortune or not, on the labor of others. So let's talk about Oni Judge. She was born in 1773. She probably came into the Washington family when she was around 10 or 11. 
and was purchased as a playmate, it's thought, for one of the family members. Now, Oni has her own interesting history. Her father was a, a British businessman. He was white, but he never acknowledged paternity. And so she was able to be sold into slavery. Right. And that's where, where she comes in. Um, now, in 1796, Oni learned that she was going to be gifted to Washington's granddaughter. And when we talk about the granddaughters of Washington, basically we're talking about the children of Martha Washington and, mm-hmm. and kind of her her folks, because as we just mentioned, uh, George himself never had any kids. And so in 1796, Oni learns that she's going to be gifted, uh, presented as a, a wedding present to these new newlyweds. So she escapes in May of 1796. She she flies the coop, um, and for a couple years, she's, she's free. But a couple years later, she's spotted in New Hampshire. And this whole time, the Washington family is, is after her. They've lost property. Despite the fact that Washington had mixed feelings about slavery, it seems like from the historical record that a lot of his family, including Martha, did not have mixed feelings, and they felt pretty strongly that enslaved Africans were their property and were owned wholly by them. Mm-hmm. So they took out ads in local papers uh, advertising a reward for the return of Oni. And a couple years later, she's spotted in New Hampshire, and Washington reaches out to a friend of his in New Hampshire and asks him to abduct Oni, to return this person back to Mount Vernon. And so, you know, he's he's encouraging kidnapping. At the time, he probably saw it as a, as a return of property. But the thing about Washington and, and his slaveholding is it wasn't as straightforward. Uh, it, it wasn't wholly villainous as uh, as it's easy to paint, but it also wasn't wholly by the books. Washington was pretty eager to to skirt some of the laws when it came to slavery. When he was president, he was living in Philadelphia, which at the time was the capital of the United States. And Pennsylvania had certain laws for slaveholders and, uh, and citizens of Pennsylvania because at the time – Different states had their own citizenship. Washington argued, though, that he was a citizen of Virginia so that he didn't have to abide by some of the slavery laws of Pennsylvania. Oh, wow. He also would rotate his slaves between the home in Pennsylvania and Virginia for periods of time of less than six months, uh, just moving them around like property so that they would not qualify or meet certain criteria under Pennsylvania law. So, I mean, this is a man who saw financial assets who pursued them uh, as as they escaped. And until his death, he he tried to get Oni back. Um, thankfully, Oni was, uh, was never returned. She was captured at one point, and she tried to negotiate with Washington. She said – she sent message saying, look, I will willingly be returned to enslavement with your family if you promise that upon your death and the death of Martha, I am free. And Washington didn't even negotiate. He said, I'm, I'm not even going to consider these demands because doing so would set a bad precedent. And this is not – you don't negotiate with property, essentially. Wow. Yeah. And um, I wish there were a happy ending to this story. There's also not a sad ending to the story. Oni, eventually, she stayed in New Hampshire. She was not returned to the Washington family. She married a sailor named Jack Staines. Over their married life, they had three kids who then had their own children. Um but the the fact of the matter is that throughout the rest of her life, even though she had escaped enslavement by the Washington family, she lived as a fugitive under the Fugitive Slave Act, which Washington signed into law. And until her dying day in 1848, she lived as a, as a fugitive. There was always, always, always a chance that she could be taken back to Virginia. It's a terrifying yeah. way to live. I can't imagine. 
Uh, so no, not a happy ending at all, huh? No, but, and 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 it's you know I don't I don't want to tarnish the legacy of a great American, but we also don't need to look back and and over mythologize someone. I think it's more accurate to look at history as it was, to look at the man as he was, and to acknowledge that this was part of a complicated life, and he had complicated feelings, and as America has evolved and continues to evolve, so too did Washington. Just just not at the pace that um that it would be nice to acknowledge. You know, again, people say that he freed all of his slaves in his will. The fact of the matter is that after he died, of those more than 300 slaves that he had control over, only one, a man named William Lee, was set free. Martha dragged things out. For a lot of the other hundreds of slaves, they were still enslaved for decades. Eventually, some of them gained their freedom. But again, we're talking... 5, 10, 15 years. So despite despite George Washington's will and his desire to set his slaves free, which I might add is after he's left this earth and after he has to deal with the ramifications of what that means, he still throughout his life benefited from their free labor. It still took years and years and years for the people that he enslaved to find their freedom. And we would be remiss if we did not point out these facts you know, I, I think it is it is an unpleasant and disturbing part of the story, but I, I believe that same disturbing aspect is what makes it crucial that we, not just us on the show, not just us listening, but we as a country remember what happened. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Noel, do you remember your favorite car? Well, yeah, um, it was a uh, an Eddie Bauer edition Ford Explorer. Oh, that's and cool, I, yeah. I, I just remember, it was my dad's. I, I was a hand-me-down car kind of kid. Dad would buy a new car, I'd get that car. And I just remember feeling so awesome being up above everybody, like I was mm. in Mad Max or something, you know? I had a lot of uh, land yachts that I loved. I had Pontiac yeah. Bonnevilles. Right. Oh, I never had an El Camino. My dad had one. And that was a, that was a real interesting use of our collective time, keeping that thing running. But I think these cars all kind of speak to us because they were such a fundamental part of our lives. Do you remember when I had that Monte Carlo? That's what I meant. I, meant, I said El Camino <laughs> and I met Monte Carlo. I miss it. So uh, the Monte Carlo was tough. I had a series of Monte Carlos and the last one, God bless it. I just, I, I had to learn a lot about car maintenance just to keep that guy running. Totally. But it, it still was like a, a perfect fit. It's almost like finding your true love. Uh, you know, like when you recently got a car a few years back now, Oh, man. And funny you should say that. That particular perfect fit was the Honda Fit, which I love dearly. But, Ben, it's getting a little long in the tooth. And while it's been incredibly reliable up to now, it's getting to that age where I might have to start looking for some parts here and there to keep it running. 
And that's where eBay Motors comes in. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Snag a job is where America goes to hire. With the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy to use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snag a Job is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. I've got to say, Christopher, I, I feel that it I feel that it would be weird for us to end on such a very serious, somber note. Um what what do you think? You're you're the guest today. Uh, what do you think about us exploring one more strange George Washington fact? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, it's it, a man contains multitudes, and there's a lot to George Washington, and he's the, he's one of the foundational characters of our country, and there's so much to know about him. So, um, yeah, like, let's turn to Noel. Noel, let's can you uh can you dig us out of this? Slavery hole? Yeah, this, this muddy, muddy hole. hole. Yeah, yeah. Only our original idea of the muddy hole was much more whimsical. Yeah, I'm not so, you know, now I'm not as on board as I was with finding this guy a cool middle name. No, no. So we all know the classic Washingtonian look, the profile, mm -hmm. you know, with the uh, what appears to be a powdered wig of some sort. Yeah, that's what they all wore yeah, at the time, that's like right. a peruke. A peruke. A peruke. Well that's done, Christopher, right. we, except for Benjamin Franklin. That's right. Benjamin Franklin just had kind of a, a bald on top and a bit of a greasy ponytail in the back. The ponytail was the height of fashion at the time. Um, but here's the thing. Oh, and again, that profile, uh, you you probably know it well from those dollar bills. You were less well, it's not a profile in dollar bill. It's a profile in the quarter. But on the dollar bill, it's a it's like a, it's a three quarter kind of look. That's right. Um, that's right. And then you know you've got your creepy pyramid eye, but that's a whole other thing. Oh, we did a whole episode on that on our other show, stuff they don't want you to know, and actually took it on the road. So we know the creepy pyramid eye well. The eye of Horus, I believe, right, Ben? That's one interpretation, That's yes. right, that's true. Listen to, to the show to, to find out more. Um, but no, it turns out that that uh, weird peruke-looking do that uh, Washington was sporting was not, in fact, a wig. Those were his natural hairs. Um, and he went to great lengths to quaff them as such. His right? hair grew like that. His hair, well, no, it didn't grow like that. He, <laughs> he had, that would be nice. He put um, the work in. 
he had quite a regiment uh, when it came to his um, keeping up his appearances. So let me get, let me run through some of them real quick. Um, that he, his hair actually was more of kind of a reddish brown. Hmm. Um, and uh, here's the thing too about that particular hairdo of the time: it was a really big deal. People liked to show as much forehead as possible. That was like a sign of strength or something <laughs> like intelligence that. Or yeah, something. intelligence. Like you had like you know Yeesh. big. Big, broad forehead. So in order order to do that, the reason they bound their hair back in those ponytails was because it literally pulled, you know, tightened it up and pulled the the brow up so you'd have more brow on display. Just think of what they would have thought of of the Klingons. Exactly. (laughs) Those guys would have been kings. (laughs) Or you know what else they would have loved? Facelifts. Can you imagine? Yeah. Founding father facelifts. That's a reality show waiting to happen right there. At least a a spoof reality show. Sounds like a weird website, too. Foundingfathersfacelifts.com. And hard to say 10 times fast. Dot biz. Uh, But his his hair was... Quite in fashion, it was kind of a tough hairdo, right? Very much so. Yeah, and uh, it wasn't a wig, but he powdered it as as in the same way that uh, these perukes would be powdered. But there's the crazy part about it. In order to do this, you know, this stuff, it would be uh, a couple of different potential uh, types of powder. Um, could be anything from talcum powder to other kind of crushed up earth minerals that were a little more expensive, which is more likely what he would have used. Would they have done chalk, you think? Chalk is, a, is another possibility. About, that are they used like the, the bones of the British? That would be cool. Okay. I, I, I have nothing to confirm or deny that. Possibly um, asbestos. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But here's the thing. When he was doing it, in order to keep it from, you know, going up his quite sizable schnoz uh, and, you know, down his throat, he wore like a weird cone on his face, <laughs> like a like a rolled up paper cone that he would hold uh, over his face while applying this powder. Um, and he applied the pa- – oh, plaster of Paris was another option. Ooh. What happened? But if it rained? Oh, man, there's so many questions. We'll, we're going to get to that. So in order to apply this stuff, he would use almost like a makeup brush made of silk strips that were bound together in a bunch. Um, so he would dip this into the powder and then just douse himself with it, you know, and, and when his face would be covered up. And he'd also be wearing something called a powder robe. And that would keep it off of his clothes. I feel like you need a whole powder room. Huh? huh? Yeah, well, because, I mean, otherwise, yeah. Christopher Hoss. Otherwise, you're going to get root, the powder everywhere, and I guess that is a thing. So you're thinking of the powder room more like Dexter's kill room. It's just covered in plastic. <laughs> whoa, whoa, those are powder rumors, my friends. Ah, yeah. Oh, man. We're, we're, on a, we're on a roll here. Um, but what a mess, right? An absolute yeah. mess. You know, you're totally right, my friend, because even though he was wearing his powder robe, what was to keep this powder from just dusting every surface, you know, in the vicinity? And he's wearing this weird sort of it looks almost like a plague mask thing to cover his exactly. face. Exactly. It's, it's a very odd situation to walk in on. And he's doing it to himself, uh, presumably. That's everything I've read says he would – this was his morning routine. Um, So he would powder the hell out of his hair that was already uh, dolled up in this dew. um, And then he would curl the sides up into these kind of winglets, these Mm -hmm. little like a little – kind of they'd stick out, you know, like little ridges, little shelves on the side. In order to do that, he'd use pomade. You know, get it all nice and greasy, and it would hold its shape. Um, so, yeah, he got his hair so saturated with this powder that it didn't look like it was just kind of dusted. I mean, it was just white as the driven snow. Wow. Here's the thing, too. 
This is a question that was raised in this fantastic article that had really great accompanying illustrations by uh, Wendy McNaughton for National Geographic um, that has these really great cartoons showing him what it must have looked like for him to be doing this. I, I cannot recommend this highly enough. It's uh, called George Washington's Oh So Mysterious Hair. Um, no, will you will you post that on the Ridiculous Historian's Facebook page? Yes, I absolutely Right will. under the carbuncles. Oh, yeah. that's, no, a, that's no. a callback. It's a no carbuncles. That's a callback. Ugh. And that is going to remain a carbuncle-free zone if I have anything to do with it, Ben. Um, but here's the thing. A question that she raises in this article is, well, how the hell did he keep this off his clothes? In all of these portraits of him, he looks so pristine. And you would think that this stuff would just be flaking off everywhere. It'd be flaking off. I mean, you're, you're wearing these tight clothes made of wool in with the American South. Are you not? Ooh. I would be sweating buckets yeah. and just – have white powder dripping down my Wouldn't head. it just be gross. dripping down? Yeah, yeah. It, it does seem like it would be very gross. And there is one portrait by Adolf Ulrich Wertmuller who uh, depicts him with some kind of a little dandruffy flakes on one, show, on one lapel. Mm. I so, like that. A realism. touch of humanity. Touch of humanity. Yeah. So there you go. He had a weird hair routine. So and the lesson is that, uh, that, that portraits are not always an accurate representation of what someone might really look like. Well, that's true. And at the end of the day, I mean, you're sort of beholden to the person that's paying you to paint their portrait. So, right. listeners, please do not run into the National Portrait Gallery and throw a little flecks of white paint on uh, on anything that you think would be more historically accurate. And there we have it. George Washington, first president of the United States, whiskey tycoon, dabbler in hemp, a Freemason extraordinaire, slave owner, and a man with very, very strict priorities regarding his hair. It's very true. No middle name. No middle, <laughs> no name. middle name. What else? What were some of the little trivia bits from the top? Well, he's got his, his uh, you know, his terrific title in the military that he, he will forever and always be supreme commander. General of the armies of the United States. Did you mention the carbuncles that he's crusted with? A crusty, you know, sickly man. They're not clear on how how inundated he was with carbuncles. We can only hope that well, it wasn't. If these Google images have anything to say about it, it was a, a real nightmare. I got to say, Ben, you, you mentioned him as one of the sickliest presidents and listed out a litany of, of mm -hmm. maladies he'd been inflicted with. But if he survived all those things, I'd say he's pretty strong. And, and maybe we should wrap up by talking about the somewhat ridiculous way in which he died. He did have all these maladies. But in 1799, back in December, what historians think really killed him is a doctor. Medical malpractice. Yeah, a doctor who basically overbled him, drained him too much. Well, and we already know that bloodletting was a very stupid remedy. And he was he was too bloodlet. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, we have the we have the specifics here too. It was a guy named. Albin Rollins, who all in all, after four rounds of bloodletting, removed something like five pints of blood from the president? Uh, that Dr. Albin. I know. I know. Uh, I'm glad that bloodletting is not a common practice in, in medical centers today. Do you think he got in trouble? I don't know. It's a, it's, a, it's a good question because I think there have been some other presidents who died as a result of uh, well-intentioned medical intervention. Well, that's why they call it practicing medicine. <laughs> that's why they call it practicing medicine, indeed. And on that note, we hope you enjoyed our two-part series on weird George Washington facts, which does count 
technically until we do another one as our Washington episode in a bizarre series of uh, circumstances. Christopher, thank you so much for dropping by. It is always an immense pleasure. I'm, I'm happy to count myself among the two of you as practicing podcasters. We do our best to keep our podcasting chops sharp. Well practiced. Thank you, sir. And thank you to our super producer, Casey Pegram. Thank you to Alex Williams, who composed our track. Thank you to Gabe, our delightful research associate. And of course, thank you to our wonderful guests, Christopher Hasiotis and dear friend, for, as always, lighting up the room, sparking up our lives, giving Ben his groove back after you took it away. Truly, 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 this is something that sparks joy. Oh, boy. Well, if you want to continue the conversation, if you want to check out some of the things that we have mentioned other than Carbuncles, you can visit us on the internet. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. That's the other one. Uh, You can find our favorite part of the show, your fellow Ridiculous Historians, on our Facebook community page, Ridiculous Historians. If you want to see some pictures of... uh, uh, very strange misadventures I will be having shortly. Uh, follow me on Instagram. I'm at Ben Bolin. And I am at Embryonic Insider. Find me over at Hasiotis, H-A-S-S-I-O-T-I-S. And Christopher will be having some incredible adventures in podcasting coming down the pikes in the near future. I will keep you all super updated. Please do. We'll see you next time, folks. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Avalon Waterways. Ben, are you in major need of a vacation right now? Noel, you're a mind reader. I am, and uh, aren't we all? We are. While cruising remains popular, there's something big happening in the industry, and that is, my friend, smaller ships. True story. The intimate ships of Avalon Waterways can go where the big ships can only dream through winding passageways of rolling vineyards and castled hills into the heart of timeless cities and storybook villages. That sounds like a delight. See how Avalon's smaller ships promise greater discoveries, fewer people, and more of everything. Limited time. Special offers await at avalonwaterways.com.